bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Well, thanks for joining us today. As many of you may or may not know, this is actually Hispanic Heritage Month. And my guest today, Juana Bordas, she's actually on her way to the Hispanic Congressional Dinner, but she stopped by for a minute to talk with us. She's just an amazing and accomplished woman. And Juana immigrated to the United States from Nicaragua on a banana boat when she was only four. She's the youngest daughter in a family of eight, and she was the first to go to college. And she learned leadership and hard work from her hardworking parents, especially her mother, Maria. Juana has authored two best-selling books, False of Soul and Spirit and the Power of Latino Leadership. And she's also founded a company that uh, talks about um, focuses on leadership and diversity. We're going to talk to Juana about that company, about her books, about her journey and her life, and, and Hispanic Heritage Month, because a lot of us, we may think we know, we may not know, we, we may have a little information, we may know a lot, but we're going to share on that today. So thank you, Juana, for joining us. It is my pleasure. Hello to everyone in Seattle. I want to tell you all that every time I go there, it doesn't rain. So I love it. <laughs> it's well, come always back. beautiful. Yes, I'll come back. Well, um, Hispanic Heritage Month, can, can you tell everybody what that is and why, why it's important to, to everybody, not only Hispanics? Exactly. Well, Hispanic Heritage Month starts on September 15th, and people say, well, that's not the beginning of the month. No, it's not. But seven uh, Central and South American countries, Nicaragua, where I'm from, Chile, um, they celebrate, Costa Rica, they celebrate their independence. And then Mexican Independence Day is um, the next day, actually, the 16th of September. So the, the interesting thing about Latinos is they're kind of the bridge between the hemisphere. Uh, not only because the Mexican-Americans are part of the old traditional Mexico where I'm from in the Southwest, but also because, you know, we've had, like, a lot of immigration from different countries. So we celebrate our international connections. The other thing is it ends um, with Dia de la Raza, and Dia de la Raza is celebrated international. It's kind of a... Uh, instead of Columbus Day, we celebrate the creation of a new world of people who have come from all over to build a new creation. Um, so we believe that that Latinos are part of that movement. That we're a, a new a new a new phenomenon. You know, a mixture of the indigenous people of this hemisphere, the Spanish, and everything else. I'm Spanish, Indian, and French. <laughs> Interesting. And our another interesting thing about Hispanic Heritage Month is that this year is the first time that lead has been in the um in the slogan. So it's Hispanics leading and serving our nation with pride, you know. And so I think we're at a point now where um Hispanic Heritage Month has caught fire because people are beginning to say, Who are these Latinos? You know, uh what makes them unique? How are they going to contribute to the future of our country? Exactly. No, it's uh well, most people I feel like have been exposed in 
is to, to, to so many Latinos in their life now. I mean, it, it, it's common. It, it's very well. I, I'm from California, so it always was very common. Oh to yeah. Me. Well, one out of six Americans are Latino now, um, and it's growing. So by 2050, one third of America will be Latino. And I don't want that to, uh, you know, this, for people to think, oh, uh, that's that's going to be different. It is, except the Latino culture is so inclusive. You know, we invite everybody to be part of it. We're really uh, um, a community that welcomes, you know, because because we do come in all colors. Um, and we do celebrate 26 different countries that we're from. So it's really an invitation to, to, to work with us in creating a more humanistic society. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think we all have maybe Latinos in our family. Um, we all are friends, our neighbors. Uh, it's it it doesn't seem as um, exclusive. I think. I, I think we're no, getting not there. At all. You know, more and more. Right? Yeah, a lot of people are learning. Well, first of all, Mexican food is America's favorite cuisine. You know, and salsa <laughs> right. is America's favorite condiment. And today we sell more tortillas than bread. Um, and, you know, they used to say, is the Pope Catholic? And you say, oh, yeah, the Pope's Catholic. Now we say, is the Pope Latino? Oh, yeah, he's Latino. <laughs> so we're going through this change, not just in our country, but across the hemisphere. And we're going to be connecting with the people um, of the new world is who we are. Well, you, you were four years old, four. So you, I'm sure, still have some memory of immigrating from Nicaragua to the United States. I certainly do. Um, and, you know, half the businesses in the United States are started, you know, the small businesses are started by immigrants. Um, America is a nation of immigrants, you know. Our innovation, our can-do spirit, that whole idea of creation all comes from that, you know, that, that immigrant spirit. And yet it was really hard growing up when I was, um, you know, because I started school in the 40s, the late 40s. They wouldn't let you speak English. They, um, you know, even, even, and your parents didn't really want you to speak Spanish with an accent because they felt they had been discriminated against, and they were. The reason I say my mother is my greatest role model is because she gave up everything so, so I could become educated, so, you know, so I could do my work. She gave up her family, her culture, her community, but more than that, she gave up the respect that people had for her where she was from. And so immigrants give up a lot in order to come here. And the only reason they come here is the same reason everybody's parents came, unless they're 100% Native American. They came looking for a new world, a new opportunity, and that's what's made America great, and that's what Latinos want to do. We want to, you know, we want to show everybody the American dream is alive and well. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to see that. Uh, that that even Latinos as a as a culture are embracing having their children speak both Spanish and English. But when I was growing up um, in California, I had a friend and and her mother was Anglo. Her father was I I, I believe he was Mexican. But they wanted her only to speak English because they thought that would be better for her. Um, exactly. It, it, but, you know, that that's time. just a sign of, of discrimination. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, Latinos, if you ask them what their, two, what their values are, what do they value the most, they say faith and family. And so for me, um, this what's happening today is America 
is the fastest growing Spanish speaking country in the world. And we're the second with the number of Spanish speakers, Mexico first, and now we just passed Spain, who used to be two. And what I want people to understand, especially young people, and, and they know this, by the way, young people are learning languages, they are traveling, if they can, all kinds of things, because they want to be part of this global age that's coming. Being bilingual is one of the five assets you have to have to be right. part of this global economy, right? And so Latinos have a little edge there, but I had to go back. I joined the Peace Corps when I was 21 years old, a first one in my family to go to college, and I go to Chile. I learn, relearn my language because I could only understand it. I learn all about my culture. And one of the things that happened to me there was because Chile is such a great country and I had never seen a, a Latino in a position of leadership when I was growing up, I knew at a very young age how beautiful our culture could be if we could just get the opportunity to show people um, what our values are and how much we want to make a contribution. Well, yeah, because obviously these countries had leadership because they, they're countries and they're working yeah. and there's, there's people who own businesses and they're presidents and they're university presidents and everything's exactly. going on in these other countries. So they didn't have to come to America. But see, I had never be. seen that. I mean, I know, I know it's, uh, as you talk about it now, it's like, well, Lana, this was obvious. But I had never seen it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. First hand. Mm -hmm. and, when I, and when I was able to see that and as I began to travel, I began to understand what, that's why I'm so committed to leadership. Not so much, I mean, it is because of my family, because I was the youngest daughter. They, they did everything for me, and I, I was able to get an education and, and be the first one in my family to do that. Um, but I also want to do it because um, of, the, of the contributions that Latinos um, can make. And in our culture, when you've been given much, you have a responsibility to share it. And we're a collective culture where we all help each other. So my leadership is based on that desire to give back because I was given so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is, is is there a difference since it's Hispanic Heritage Month? Is, is there a difference between Hispanic and Latino, or is it the same? Or well, yes. Well, a Pew Hispanic study, you know, the Pew Hispanic Research just did a study on Hispanic identity, and fifty-one percent of Latinos use the word interchangeably. You know, like Latino or, or Hispanic. Um, if you look at our older organizations, because you have to realize Latinos were only identified as a group in the 1980 census. That's not very long ago. And in the 1980 census, there was only the word Hispanic. Um, in the 2000 census is when they added Latino. Um, if you ask, okay, do you, which one do you prefer, about 30% still say Hispanic because a lot of our older organizations, like I was the president of the National Hispana Leadership Institute 27 years ago that uh, we started that organization, and 25 years ago, 27 years ago, Latino wasn't part of it. But as we are developing this international um, connections, that connects us to Latin America, right? And uh, it, the reason we use the word Latin, hold your breath on this one. It's because the Romans invaded invaded Spain. That's where the word Latin comes from, right? I had to study it in the Catholic school I went to. But, you know, but 
but the connection with Latin America, the connection with 20 state, nation states in this hemisphere, that, that's why um, our younger people, I think, will probably uh, identify Latino more than Hispanic, but, but it's fine to use either one. You always okay. have to ask people what they prefer, though, right? Okay. All right. Well, no, I, I, I didn't know. So that's, that's good to know. You know, if, if they prefer one over, over the other. When, when, right. when your well, I think parents... that's just a, a – go ahead. That's such a great rule oh, no. of diversity. Get to know the person, get to know who they are, get to know what they're – you know, because each person is different. Each one of us mm-hmm. is a unique, one-of-a-kind design, you know, and so diversity says, how can I get to know that person? Oh, maybe they want to be Latino, right? Maybe they want to be Hispanic. Maybe they don't care. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it makes total sense. When when your parents immigrated, they had a dream and a vision and a hope that they were bringing with them that put their family on that boat. It had to be scary. They were leaving everything. They were going out mm-hmm. to the ocean. I mean, it's, it's not something that you just take lightly. You have to really, really believe that what's at the other end is so much, so not a little better from where you're at, a lot better from where you're at. I mean, better yeah, than most in order, of us in can order ever even sacrifice. imagine. Right. And, and most of us don't even know that, that type of, of hope and dream and sacrifice. So as new generations of Latinos are born in America and are, you know, an Amer- they're American, um, how do you keep that focus and that dream alive in them who, who who don't really understand what it's been like to live under those those harder conditions. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I actually think that's part of the work I do. Um, you know, I try to keep young Latinos connected to their culture. Um, being bicultural in the multicultural age is an asset, but we have to have Hispanic Heritage Month we have to have Women's History Month, Black History Month, etc., because so many people were left out of American history. And how can you be powerful? How can you really, you know, actualize your potential if you don't know where you came from, if you don't know your values, and you don't know, um, you know, because our leaders have brought us to where we are today. I mean, there's a whole history, and we stand on their shoulders. And so um, part of what we need to do with young Latinos is, you know, explain to them, mi casa su casa, that's our generosity, our ability to share, you know, the idea that nobody takes too much so that everybody has something. You know, they need to know the values that we have and why they're so important, particularly as we go through this demographic transition. Um, And the other thing is, um, you know, the idea of them keeping their language. When I work with really young Latinos, I also have them interview their grandmother, you know, and go back Mm -hmm. and find out. But but I went back to Chile and learned my language. I just took my 15-year-old grandson to um, Costa Rica to a language school. We, We do have to put some effort. But the good news is, is Latinos are not assimilating. They are acculturating. Young Latinos identify with being Latino at a higher rate than their parents. So it doesn't seem to be that our young people are saying, oh, no, we're not going to do it. Um, you know, I had to assimilate at my age, and then when I went and saw my, cu- my culture, I said, oh, no, I want to be Latina and American. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think that's, that's normal, too, because even people from America, you see them tracing their roots, you know, um, and from American, I mean like old generation white people. You know, we trace our 
ancestors back to Ireland because we need the, or Scotland or England or Germany or wherever because we need to feel that that connection. So there's no difference um, with with the right. um, with exactly. Latinos who also want to feel that connection. And um, and and I encourage Anglo's also, you know, to go back to their homeland or to study their culture. Um, but the great thing about culture is that it's learned. And so I, in my, in my new book, The Power of Latino Leadership, I issue an invitation to everybody to come, become Latino by corazón, by heart or affinity, you know, because we're a culture. And, and I also say, cause, um, you know, people have married out of a culture, uh, if you hang around Latinos long enough, the rhythm's gonna get ya, you know, because <laughs> it's such a great culture. We have mm-hmm. the highest participation of any group in the labor market, but we spend more money on food, going out to eat, enjoying our families, you know, um, and we over-index on that in, in, in the market because, you know, it's all about people. And, and how do you celebrate? You have fiestas and uh, you have dinner and you, and, you, and you have parties when somebody's born or, you know, you just, we have to celebrate life, particularly for Latinos who were doing the hard work for such a long time to bring our people to where we are today, who suffered discrimination. In the 50s, they had signs, you know, no dogs, no Mexicans on the, on the, on the restaurant windows. So, um, so it's really important to know your history regardless of where you're from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, as as you're going to this Hispanic congressional dinner, which is I, I'm imagine is just going to be awesome. What are the goals? You 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 know the 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 community has come so far. You have a long way to go. What 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 are your 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 goals going forward? Well, if you're talking you're talking about the Latino community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, the, or myself. Well, I'll tell you both. Anyway, I think for the Latino community, we're still in the identity formation stage. Remember, we were only declared a minority in 1980. So we're in the process of bringing our people together, and that's difficult. Number one, 40% are immigrants. So, you know, you have to have them learn English and, and, and prepare themselves to, to be uh, citizens of the United States, etc. Um, so that's a difficult one. We also have the fact that many Latinos, uh, you know, the dropout rate and, and some of the economic inequities that we need to deal with. And then we come from 26 countries, you know, that in the United States on the census, Mexicans are 66%, but then there's Cubans and Puerto Ricans. And on the 20 census, Dominicans and El Salvadorians appeared, which says that for the first time, which says that America is becoming more diverse, not less diverse. I mean, mm-hmm. Latinos are becoming more diverse, not mm-hmm. less diverse. Right. So they're identifying themselves even even more um, subcategorized, like El Salvador or Nicaragua. Right. Or, but but that is the work of our leaders. You know, our leaders have to bring us together. And the great news is, is when they do that, because people are saying this is the multicultural age, diversity is the challenge of this century. When they do, when we do that, and we're doing it really pretty well, I, I'm right now at the Hispanic Association on Corporate Responsibility, and it's a coalition of 16 of our largest organizations. So one of the trademarks of Latino leadership is like coalition building, bringing everybody together, being inclusive. We call it have a bienvenido spirit, a welcoming spirit. So as as we do this, we're going to be the model for diversity in, 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 in our country and in the world, that people from many different 
uh, countries who are many different colors. There's blacks, there's Chino Latinos, you know, there's Anglos. You know, I always say my daughter, who's who's Irish and Latina, is a Leprechano Latina, right? <laughs> because she's carrying the traditions of both cultures. And so, um, so I think it's I think it's going to take us a little while to pull ourselves, but we are really doing it. You saw it in the last presidential election. Well, I I think that we will have a Latino president in my lifetime. Are are you as optimistic? Yes, I am. In fact, when I um when I teach and show the 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 political increase, you know, like 17% of young Latinos are registering, and you know we're moving that way. Su voto, su voice. Su voto, su voz has been one of our trademarks since the 1960s, um, and so I'm 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 really hopeful that we'll be able to move that forward and that people will keep getting involved. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, what, what would you like to say to young Latinos who are, who are listening and how they can find you? And I, I want to say that the the name of your book again, The Power of Latino Leadership, it's really a must read, um, and it really gives a lot of great in-depth advice. Um, you're very active on social media as well, so people can read your book. They can follow you. You're on YouTube. Right. Uh, your talks are on, on YouTube. And there's some really great resources that you're providing for for um, uh, for uh, young Latinos to be able to, and, and older Latinos. I mean, you're never too old to learn, but, exactly. but to reach right, out right, and, right. And, and grab these resources. Yes. Well, um, every well uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, if they friend me on Facebook, I have a thing called uh, Words and Wisdoms of Hispanic Heritage Month, and they're just little tidbits about the culture that people don't know. Like we start off with what we talked about: why is it September fifteenth? You know, how are mm-hmm. Latinos connected globally? But even more important, what are our values? Because as a culture, we're a humanistic culture. People are the center of our lives, our families, our communities, our relationships. And so I really think that Latinos are here to create a more humanistic society, a society that cares for its people, just like we used to, you know, when we were a more rural nation. Um, and, 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 you know, really help our young people get educated because they're the leaders of the future. The millennial generation is the biggest generation we've ever had on the planet. And we need to let, help them get ready to lead in this century. And so I think um, another thing Latinos offer is that we're very intergenerational. You know, at a Latino event, you'll have babies all the way to the elders. And, um, and so that's another gift we're bringing because now four generations are in the workplace. The millennials are, 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 are really, um, you know, getting educated and, and trying to find their place in society. And so um, I just would love people to, you know, uh, Come on and and um, look at me on Facebook or go on YouTube and see some of the videos. And then my book, The Power of Latino Leadership, is available on Amazon. Uh, but even if you're not Latino, the leadership model in the book is a leadership model for the 21st century. Well, it's it's affecting everybody. It, like I said, we all know somebody. It's in our, you're in our family. We're we're, we're really a, a melting pot, and that's really what I love about America too. Is that it's, it is such a great melting pot, and it it is one of the most inclusive countries. I mean, obviously we have our weaknesses and our faults. We're a young country. We're figuring it out, but but we have come a long way. We have a long way to go, but we've come a long way. But I I really do feel like that um, there's a lot of hope at you know, at the end of the tunnel, and 
and, and it comes from us knowing each other, like you said, and respecting each other and asking the questions, not being afraid to, to ask the questions and uh, and get exactly. to know each other and, and, and embrace people. Right. And, and putting people first. You know, studies show that being rich doesn't make you happy as soon as you have, you know, enough. And nobody looks back on their life, you know, and says, I would have worked, I wish I would have worked more. What's important in life are people, your family, your community, our nation, you know. And so I hope um, if people read the book or if people think about this interview, that they'll get inspired to get involved and, you know, to help America fulfill its promise. Absolutely, absolutely, because one person can do so much as, as as you're showing, and then when you're talking to a group of people, and then they go out, and then they change the world a little bit at a time, and then I learn something, and then I and I pass it on exactly. little by little. We just right. we build this bridge, and I, I think it's yeah. fantastic. There's, there's people like you showing us how to do that. Well, I must say that um, it's uh, Latinos believe in destino or destiny. I don't think I could be doing anything else. <laughs> and each one of us, each one of us does have a life path, you know, and we were born, like I said, totally unique. So there's those opportunities to really, um, you know, find out who you are, what you love, what's your passion, what skills were you born with, how would you like to contribute. And if all of us do that, if all of us contribute, then we're going to have, you know, Seattle's going to go up, your your state's going to go up, the country's going to go up, and everyone can live in peace. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it's it, it affects everybody. In fact, I'm, um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but here in Seattle we're, we're affected by the Fifty Shades of Grey book. You know, E.L. James wrote that. She's Her mother's right. from Philly. So, so she's half, you know, Chilean, and her father's from Scotland or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a lot of people born out of, you know, from Latino parents who are make, who are changing yeah. the world, who are making money, who are having influence on people in big, big, big numbers. And I, I also think it's, it's important for people to to recognize that and and and, and see the, the great strides that, that that are being made around the world by by people of Latino descent. Yes, I think that's right. And, you know, the fact is is that um, being multicultural is the fastest-growing identity of the millennial generation. We are going to be a multicultural uh, society. And um, there's a, there, there was a man who wrote um, Vasconcelos, he was Mexican, and he said that the human race would evolve into a cosmic race that represented mm-hmm. the best of every race, the best of the four races. And that that they would come together, and that humanity would evolve through this rainbow family. And the American Indians have also had that vision that this is the time for the rainbow family. This is the time for the multicultural family. That we have to leave tribalism and embrace being one universal human family. And so I think Latinos are a prototype for that because that's what we're trying to do. Doesn't matter what color you are, where you come from, you know, join us, you know, become a Latino by corazón. Uh, look at our values and see that, you know, you're going to live a happier life probably because you will be more connected both to, to yourself, your family, and your community. Well, there you go. Well, The Power of Latino Leadership, an awesome book, uh, definitely a must-read, you know, especially for those looking to, to to make a difference in the world, and we need all the people like that that, that, that we can get on board. 
Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'd like to see a new, especially what's going on. I'm in D.C. right now, especially what's going on with Congress, you know. They're supposed to be here representing us. They're supposed to be running the nation. I want to see young people elected to Congress. I want to see, um, you know, us really, really say it's a new century and, and we need to actualize this. We cannot have our government, you know, closing down. So, um, so yes, it is. A, Latinos uh, are activists, you know, wh- whether it's immigration or voter registration, and that's the only way you're going to create a great nation is if everybody gets involved, right? So I'd like, you know, when I was young, we had the civil rights movement. I'm a product of that. I would like to see a revival of civic participation in our country, and uh, so we invite people to join with us. Sounds good. Well, thank you for coming on. I'm going to let you get to that Hispanic Congressional Dinner. That, yes, you know, I, yes. <laughs> and I just want to remind folks what a beautiful place they live in and uh, how fortunate they are. Cause, uh, and your city is also not only a multicultural city, but, you know, you're right there with environmental issues. It's one of the cities that really is changing uh, how we do things. And so um, I, I will be there again, and I wish everybody well. Well, thank you. And yeah, I, I had uh, heard from some people when I said that you're, I was going to have you on, and they said, "Oh, tell her she needs to come back to Seattle. I missed her when she was in Seattle. She needs to come back." I heard that a million times because you know we, we have a huge Latino community in in Seattle. I know you do. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, it's very progressive here in Seattle, and you know we welcome everybody. And it's just it's a, it's a great place. We 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 have great Mexican food in Seattle. We have great you know. Uh, 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 Chilean food in Seattle and Cuban yes, food, you and do. we're yes, representing you everybody. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know there are some great cultural cities, and Seattle's one of them. And so, and so this is a natural for them, you know. And and I don't want people just to learn about Latinos. Let's learn about everybody. You know, my sister's married to a German man, and you know Germans were in Mexico. That's why Mexico makes great beer, and Ranchera is <laughs> a poker is a polka, you know. So when you start right. delving into culture, you're going to see we're already mixed anyway. You know, we're already exactly. we're already getting to that that vision of the cosmic race, that vision that the Hopi Indians had that there would be a rainbow tribe, and they said that we would undo the damage done by previous generations. And then the Hopi said, "The time is now. You are the ones we've been waiting for." Wow. What a great way to end. Those are the stories that we love to hear. That's, you know, those are the stories that put a smile on our face and make us feel better, you know, about about the human existence. So thank you for coming on. Just absolutely. (laughs) We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Don't give up the face. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And and adios a todos mis amigos in Seattle. Thank you, Anna, and you have a great night, and thanks for coming on. All right. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, that was Juana Bordas, and as you can see, she's just a very lovely, lovely, outgoing person, and it's no wonder that her book, The Power of Latino Leadership, has not only been embraced by Latinos, but by all kinds of cultures, uh, just full of uh, information on, on great leadership and as we're moving forward uh, through the millennium and dealing with all kinds of different uh, uh, nationalities and races and people and everybody coming together. I'm going to go out today by Driving Blues by Rafael Tranquilino. And many of you know Rafael was on the show not very long ago. And he 
uh, hails from Mexico City, Mexico, and as a little boy, he would lay in bed and have his transistor radio on the bed next to him. And if the atmosphere was just right, and, you, and we've all been there when we picked up stations that weren't local because, you know, they, they were bouncing off the waves in the atmosphere, um, nights he could pick up uh, – stations in Texas and Mississippi and Tennessee, and he would listen to the blues, and he kept that dream alive. And when he became of age, he left Mexico with his guitar and a dream to chase the Delta blues. And Raphael just has only been in the United States a few years, and he's become one of the best blues guitarists on the planet. He travels with the biggest names there are and plays on on their tours and has his own album his name is Raphael Tranquilino this is his driving blues and thanks for joining us and thanks for Juana again for coming on have a great day
be a waste to 